it's difficult to like uh, maneuver yourself through the correct passage when you've never walked down it before, you know? Yeah. You're like, it's kind of like being in a Jamiroquai music video where like, you're like, oh, the walls are the, f- the wall is the floor now. And Jamiroquai is in a giant hat somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I fancied myself Jamiroquai, but although he was quite adept at maneuvering that situation. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's like you don't, it's almost like you're trying something, but you don't know your size. And you're like, you're like a, you're like, oh, I thought I just shrugged my shoulder, but actually I just flung my whole arm. You know what I mean? And I lost my balance. Of course. And all that from being locked out of the bathrooms. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's what you meant by lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Well, hello. Welcome to Harco Meets Humans. Um, That wonderful voice you're hearing is that of Chelsea Jade. Hello. Hello, Chelsea. Hello. That's the like fake inauthentic um, part of the podcast yeah, yeah. over. Yeah. I even put on my Paris Hilton voice just to say hello. So everyone rewind a little bit. Listen, solidarity with Paris Hilton. I've Big Paris Hilton fan? I just, um, as a woman, I feel um, a kinship with another woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. I do know. You got to watch that YouTube doc. I really, and you know, in line with the Britney doc. Have you watched that? Oh yeah. Feelings on it? Thoughts? Uh, I've got big feelings. I, what the one the one thing I will express because I don't know that it has been expressed to my satisfaction, is because uh, I really enjoy the discourse on the Britney doc, but I don't align with people still expressing. Oh, that's why she had a mental breakdown. I don't think she had a mental breakdown. I think all of her reactions were exactly in line with reasoning one a person put in such a horrific scenario would react. Like I think her actions aligned with the scenario. Reacting with insanity to an insane world is I, is yeah. the only sane reaction. I don't think it's insanity. I think I was talking about this yesterday with my friend like so you're trying to prove I have friends. <laughs> it was you just actually my hand yeah. that was up. <laughs> the puppet comes out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that if 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 the media is is treating you like a an object to behold, and your reaction after immense prodding is to shave your head, that to me is a, a sane reaction. You're trying to disarm this. Uh, this fetish that they have of you, you're trying to take it away somehow. And you're like, this is a, and that might not be the reason, but I, it still doesn't strike me as odd that she did that at all. No, because she's a human. She's a person. And isn't it, it's strange you bring, yeah, it's a really good point because it just instantly made me think of like, humans are very complicated. There's a lot of things we can do in any situation, yet, the main view we have of any human in any situation is they only really have two choices whenever something happens to them. It's like they can either not say anything about it or be okay with it. And if they do anything other than those two, then something really wacky is happening. Oh, I really like that distillation of the idea. It's, you've made a really good point. And like, especially in that climate where that is exactly how 
especially a, w- a woman is expected to I, like I don't know if you've watched the new Adam Curtis documentary that's just come out I watched the first episode so I fell asleep ago. watching the first episode okay. so my um the reference point is going to be pretty limited okay. <laughs> but there is a segment that I hope that they I I can't there's a segment where this um model do you remember this part with this model from like the 60s she's british and she and it talks about her relationship with her husband um and what well, i don't I can't remember why we're talking about this this is really good i've lost my train of thought well the the <laughs> she thought that they were happy he decided he wanted some of his own life but she, they were being interviewed separately about the same events and he wouldn't allow her a divorce and they were both telling their own emotional experience of the same of the separation. Yeah, but why why do we why did I bring that up at all? Well, we were talking about how you can only react <laughs> one certain way. Right. Yeah, okay, no, I can't remember. Sorry. I, <laughs> that's an apology to you, listeners <laughs> from Chelsea. Um, no, but it is really cuz like for for me, when you talk about that Adam Curtis thing it's that he calls it like an emotional telling it's not a historical he doesn't term it as a historical documentary Mm. he terms it's like an emotional documentary i haven't heard that expressed but i like that a lot and 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 i think i got it most from that exchange as well where it was like because it's not like those were two super important figures in history they were moderately important to tell a story about elitism and society's views in England at the time. Yeah. But instead of just being like trying to make that point by saying this happened and they couldn't do that and this, just hearing them both talk as humans. I yearned for her to react in a modern way and she didn't because she wasn't allowed to. Mm. And and I, I had a bias against him because, and I don't know if that was by design I guess that it kind of was like Adam Curtis is trying to illustrate that women don't that uh, that the uh, colonial idea that has been being perpetuated by Britain is also applicable to um, like relationships in uh, within like opposite sex couples in that time in London, which which might be, I mean, it's probably still prevalent in a lot of ways because the patriarchy is still dominant, but like. Uh, yeah, the fact that like he, I mean, this is terrible, but he just couldn't ever admit his his wrongs, and she was being drilled by this journalist as if she had something to atone for. And I just feel, I yeah, I yearned for her to to experience some justice, but the illustration, I guess, yeah. in after the fact, is the only justice she'll get. In us watching it now. In a world where people interviewed in those same situations are still expected to portray that exact same thing, though. Do you think that they are? Oh, I guess you're right, because when people don't, they're celebrated. Or, or derided. Like, in many ways, like, Trump doesn't act in the media how he should. Oh There's a lot of other things with him, but, like... There's, there's, that's part of it where it's like he doesn't play the game and that is some kind of out of the normal thing. And so, you, but you also have on the other side, like, like again, 
Britney Spears mm. or, um, you know, the, that term crazy gets applied to a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of like. Frankly, it's just boring and lacks nuance. It's otherizing and I find it, it just shuts down the conversation. It's so boring. It's so boring. And then, and like, yeah, I think that's a pretty uncontroversial opinion now. It's like the media presents boring narratives which don't reflect our life. But then we all, we were talking before about social media and yeah. the whole thing is like, so we turn to social media to do, and then you and I would say, do what? Like, we're essentially just invented a new, boring, tightly controlled sphere of how to act just on social media instead of all these things. Yeah, and I guess you have to ask, like, what, what does the human condition want? Like, what are the conditions that the human condition would thrive in? And what is it? Like, what is the... Because we all want to be... We all want to be like somehow understood and accepted for who we are. And like we, and somebody, and it was never going to be that for Instagram because Instagram is a capitalist vehicle. So like bottom line, that's just not the method that's ever going to work. But I can, I, I think most people my age probably like who experienced high school when I did or, and who are experiencing like the um, ability to, watch how the next generation is experiencing the world and kind of see what the contrasts are and kind of almost yearn for that experience. We kind of like had hope buried in these spaces, like Instagram and my space really. And like, yeah, I guess just always comes back to the, um, the fact that like anything with a capitalist uh Baseline is just never going to result in what you want. No. If what you ultimately want is to be happy <laughs> and to feel like not threatened by other people's happiness, which is, again, misery. <laughs> yeah. Well, competition. Yeah. Well, I just think like, think of the people you love the most. Like, don't you just love seeing people you love happy? Wouldn't it be nice to just apply that to absolutely everyone? It's difficult, but how do we do it? I don't know. This is like very broad, but. Now, because, you, you know, let, letting the, the, the goose out of the hat, not that, not, <laughs> not the saying, but it works. <laughs> you and I have been, we were hanging out before. We, we don't just talk for content here. We do chat before we turn this on. And I would kind of, describe our conversation even up to this point as um, very introspective and very like um, th like very aware and thinking about like very broad social mm. um, emotional things do you is this is this just uh, the energy that you and I have this afternoon or is this like how you think and feel like most of the time? Um, I think it's how I think and feel most of the time. But to be honest, like I can't really remember be what, what I was like beyond a year ago. Like mm. uh, I don't know. How, I, I Because the pandemic at large is still going on and uh, because of where I was, um, you know, up until now um, – I still feel in a state of like um, 
stasis mentally in a way or like where does the stasis apply? I feel like I've gotten the opportunity to indulge a lot of thinking. <laughs> right. And uh, so I don't know how that is applicable to my personality. And I guess I'm learning that in real time. We should give some context that you are Chelsea Jane uh-huh. and you are a DIY pop star. <laughs> Good reaction to that one. Um, and I first became aware of you when you were operating under watercolours and have known of you since then. And you've gone from being a New Zealand musician, New Zealand-based musician, mm-hmm. to moving to LA and being based in LA. And you've been back here for four weeks um, yeah. How long were you in LA for? Like, how long was that period of time? Um, I've I've lived in LA for for five years, and so I, that's where I was when the um, pandemic descended upon us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then the four horsemen of the rest of the apocalypse came along: <laughs> the forest fires, the um, military, uh, uh, the military installation in in LA. Uh, what else happened? Just lots of, um, it's just, yeah, lots of incredulous happenings that, that kind of like, um, felt surreal against this mundane backdrop of your life being on pause. I don't know, I can't remember. Like, like you're not doing anything, but the world's like going crazy at an intense speed. Yeah. Because no one's doing anything. It's like you, yeah, it's just like, you're inside your apartment and then also you're hearing like flashbangs and you have to close the windows cause you can't breathe the air. <laughs> but also like you're fine because you, uh, because you're living in a modern age of creature comforts yeah. in a kind of like place that prioritizes that, you know? So like. It's times like these that I really believe the idea that like, Technology just serves the function of this little toy we've been given to distract us from the fact that nothing has changed because we can superficially stare at the toy and play with the toy and the toy is there for us and it's always there. Yeah. While the and it feels like, oh, well, it must be different. And, and I mean, ultimately, I, I think that like all the thinking that I try try or like that I do that is like um always brushing against cynicism about exactly what you're talking about ultimately like where I want to be in my thinking is extremely objective and so like in, with that comes an acceptance of technology because the world has never been a perfect form like mm-hmm. there's never been an exacting uh illustration of what perfect life is you know and so like well well i mean i can't i can only speak for like unfortunately the colonial like uh backdrop of my lineage you know um so like you so with that in mind like i can't just outright i can't outright um 
reject things like Instagram and stuff. Like even though I'm very highly critical of it and I find it difficult to engage in a way that it demands you to, I feel um, that there has to be like a way to look at it that uh, is fair, you know, and takes into account like the fact that, yeah, the world has never been an absolute of perfection. Yeah. I think that very much mirrors my experience with this stuff. Like I think of myself as a quite a pragmatic person in a sense of like I just want to make it work, not ne- necessarily make it good a lot of the time. Mm. And we were talking before about like, you know, Instagram specifically, we can get into it uh, uh, in terms of like how we, we're kind of expected we, uh, as musicians to exist on this thing. And so pragmatically I approach it as like I'm not – I'm going to put to the side the whole argument about whether I, we should be on this or whether this is good or not and all these things and just say, mm. like, okay, I need to be on this thing. Um, it's impossible, like functionally impossible to be authentic, but I still have to be on this thing. Mm-hmm. How do I do it? And honestly, like the best way I've come up with is kind of – what I have been doing is essentially, I think I just decided all I'm going to do on there is show things I've done in real life. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it has to be like the archiving or the um, showing of something that has actually happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm just showing a version of it to people, which I think is a very different mindset than thinking of content as something that is created free of everything else it's something that is its own thing yeah a detach because like for me that's feeding into the big detachment capitalism like thing yeah yeah but there but when you said the word detachment i think that is the key to engagement is like is like so depressing to hear chelsea no because i think detach okay well this is another topic altogether but it's something i think about all the time which is the imbuing of words with modern concepts and modern feelings. It's like not the perfect way to describe it, but just like people misuse words all the time and they, it just, I think like if you, if you, and I, and I think that language evolves, but I think ultimately like the word detachment, it's not a negative word. It, it just it you've imbued it with a negative uh, experience or something because it sounds like something else. Like it sounds like abandonment of value or something, but that's not what it means. Like when I think of the word detachment, I think, okay, so say for example, Instagram, if I'm detached from Instagram, I can go there, but it doesn't have to mean anything to me. It doesn't have to ruin my day. It doesn't have to make my day. Like, Ultimate detachment is that I can go there and objectively look around, objectively engage, and then extricate myself, and it's not it's not going to ruin my life. <laughs> this, this sounds um, suspiciously co- close to stoicism. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Which I love. I'm a big... Because I, to- I, I agree. I don't necessarily think detachment is always a bad thing. Like you said, yeah. detaching from something toxic is a very empowering thing. Yeah. Um, and I, again, it's not it's not out of negative. 
it's just like the I think the people who I enjoy on social media, it's like the people who are almost blasé about it. Genuinely blasé. Not this is my person this is my blasé personality that I you know. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. So, what so do you have any inter, like entertainers or musicians that you think you really enjoy and think do this stuff really well? Whenever I'm asked to summon an example of yeah. anything, I, do, I can't I know. do it. I'm just saying, if, I, if it occurs to me, I'll, I'll tell you. Thank you. And I'll let the listeners know. I'll just pop into any, uh, one of our weekly podcasts. By the way, Chelsea has messaged <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. If you can think of one, I'm happy to hear it. Um, it's, it's tough, man. Like, I think, I think it's, it's like a, it's like a, um, it's like a, it's like a house, like a foundation thing. I think like you, it all has to be lined up and all makes sense in the way it's lined and stacked up um, for it to, to work across. Mm. So I, f- I feel like, like I really love Maddie Matheson, who's like a, um, a tattooed overweight sh- like chef on YouTube mm. um, who has like a lot of shows on Vice. And he does these, he has a very verbose, loud, um, jokery uh, persona. Would he describe himself as overweight, or is that something? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think I'm <laughs> uh, uh, describing him in any way that is any any new, especially to himself. But his, it's almost like the mediums that we have a, that we've coalesced around suit naturally that thing he's doing. Right. And I think that that is inherently an advantage to that to to him. And I think that there are people who say like, I hesitate to say Lord because she, I think mysteriousness is another way to do it. Um, but it, it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't naturally fit with a lot of social media. She isn't really known for her social media presence. She's known mm. for her music. Whereas I think there's a big difference between that and musicians who are also social media entertainers. And I, I just, I think the problems come for me when you're made to think or people think that it's all, I have to be, uh, my thing is going to be all of these. I have to be every facet of this just with oh, the yeah. thing I'm doing, which yeah. I've been stuck in many times. I mean, totally. And I think that like, if we come back to something else we talked about earlier, which is that um, when you are, in fact, I don't even think you can narrow it down. I think it, I think it really affects everyone is that um, with the current state of how music is distributed, which is Spotify, streaming services, um, your ability to be financially independent is so – is just like hinges on this esoteric like – I don't know. I, it's just like it makes you believe that you have to excel – or you are not playing the game. And like, I just think that is, um, in fact, you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth. It was the head of Spotify telling everybody, if you're not making money from Spotify, you're not making enough, you're not making enough songs. You need to be putting more music out. And I just think like, well, let's talk about the overheads of putting a song, huh? And, and how about we talk about the fact that I have millions, literally millions of plays on this thing and I barely make rent every month and uh, I still pay for a Spotify subscription. How about that? 
<laughs> like maybe maybe that's something that you could do is just alleviate that cost. Musicians don't have to pay for the streaming service they supply the product to. Yeah. That's such a brilliant idea. Have you, th- you did that just come out? Have you thought about that before? Have I thought about it? I, haven't thought I about think about that, it every time that money comes out of my account and like I I stopped using Spotify, okay, and I started using Tidal. Okay. But then it's just it's a whole nother problem because every time I send a, a title link to someone, they'll be like, it's a beautiful joke. Like, what is this? <laughs> what are you doing here? And yeah. it's like, yeah, they pay the most and they're, I think they're the least expensive one. That's a good enough reason for me to use it. I don't know. I've but you've all moved the same into music. a country where Spotify teamed up with Spark and now 80 to 85% of the nation uses Spotify. Oh yeah, I know. And like, Which is crazy. I don't know, man. I, I think... It could be a model that works. Just pay people, pay the artists because, you know, I don't know. What what is there to say? You're just like, if you're not making money from the music, then you're expected to like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not making any good salient points, but. I think you're expressing the confusion and the like frustration that most, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the verbal equivalent of the feeling I feel all the time. Yeah, it's it's just um, it's asking people to fracture themselves out in ways that need to that each each portion needs to be seen as a whole. You know, W H O. Yeah. <laughs> like you need to be feeling like you're on Twitter 100 percent of the time. You need to be feeling like you're extremely good at Instagram all the time. You also need to be making songs. That is a whole litany of tasks. Like there are so many elements, especially if you're alone doing it, which I am and like a lot of people I know are. And I just think it's not sustainable or feasible for somebody to live up to all of those public facing elements just to simply not even make a living wage. (laughs) It's because, yeah, it's, I mean, it is one of the big problems that we have no cogent solution to right yet. Yeah. You talking about all the things, because I agree with you, it's funny hearing them all put like that because it's all, it's all based on the internet, all those things. And I just wonder if like there's some kind of like, again, like technological illusion or like brainwashing thing (laughs) that's like you, we're an international community now, guys. Like you're, you've got to, uh, it's, you're, you're competing for everyone in the world Mm -hmm. and it tries to draw you away from the fact that, have you heard the like hundred true, the thousand true fans thing? So like, oh, if, yeah, sorry, go on. If you can find a thousand people who like your stuff and give them enough reasons throughout a year to spend a hundred dollars on what you do, mm. you've got a hundred thousand mm. dollars coming in a year. Yeah, so like Patreon. Or however you want to do it, whether it's a thousand people in Auckland. Mm. And I th- I often think about that in the sense that there's a million people in Auckland. If if and if I was I'd probably be okay with earning a hundred thousand dollars a year, but looking at what I do with my art or my career, I'm doing bunny ears again. Um, <laughs> Cause I only hang out with people who do bunny ears when they say career. Um, 
if you look at what we do with, with that lens, it seems like a a very dubious use of our time trying to compete for 8.7 billion people when we only need a thousand and there are a million within mm. a, a hundred meter radius of us right now that we could physically talk to. That's a really good point. It is a really good point. I never thought about it that way. Cause it kind of, it kind of, I, I, I think I like it thinking that way because it really blends into the whole like um, social aspect of us being divorced from our communities. Yes. Okay. So I've never thought about it in the context of music fandom but I certainly thought about it in the context of like politics and mm. in, in that like if you do watch Adam Curtis documentaries and you do watch like Noam Chomsky lectures it can feel like like the problems of the world are just insurmountable and all that but like yeah when it comes down to it you you, you can um, engage in a meaningful way in your in your community sounds really lame i wish that i just wish i guess that's the point of art right is like to think of original ways to say things so that um if when people hear it in the right context it means something <laughs> i've never thought of it that way but that is really true <laughs> well like i think about it in like in terms of a friend telling me a story repeatedly over time and and at one point my friend recognizes that she's told me this story four times and she says sorry i think i've told you that before and I think like, oh, there wasn't a moment that I didn't feel engaged with what you were saying because my context is different. I'm hearing it differently. Like I'm learning about you in a different way. Like I don't mind. I kind of like it actually. And I, I think like, I don't know, that's a way for me to feel like using the same chords over and over or like mm. music, it's, it's all probably happened in some way or another and you just re... Um, collating it, recollating ideas to, to make them more hearable. That makes a lot of sense. Because that like makes things like um, the drug culture of a music scene having an impact on the music itself because that's the context that people mm. hear it and they like and they make more of that. And like things like The Hero's Journey, which is like the same, the, the structure of a story that's the same every time and, yeah. and the, the, the game is in what uh, taste you apply to it. And also, like, you, if you really do want to tell the same stories, like, maybe really think about the story you're telling. Like, you know, and maybe, maybe you want the story to be, like, pretty airtight in terms of, like, your moral values or, like, and, and I mean, that can morph too, but, like, I think it is worth everyone's time because everyone does, like, include, I mean, definitely me, is, like, you are, like, because of the nature of, your physical being you have to really like the internet makes you think this isn't true but I think it it, it has to be is that you have like almost a finite finite amount of attention a finite amount of energy and uh you and you kind of gravitate towards similar things like your taste kind of is, is a little fixed in a way in certain ways because everything is filtering through the context of your being whatever sounds so stupid I like that <laughs> but um that you you are quite limited in what you can take on in your mind you know so why don't you really think about the things that are in there because you know like that's the way to that's the way to expand your um capacity is to simply just rethink the things that you already know right I don't know 
it's almost like I'm defragging yourself <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> is that a is that a medical term? <laughs> I think it's a computer term. I remember when I used to get viruses um, for uh, having LimeWire. Oh, LimeWire, yes. Yeah. Man. I'm part of the problem too. Yeah. I don't know if what I said makes made sense, but I just... It definitely does I, because we have this whole human... I mean, it's the ego, right? I am essentially like my own God. If the ego is essentially like we are God, um, we can do anything and, and be anything. Like we're not going to imagine ourselves with limitations of the banal, real human kind we have, which is attention spans and yeah. um, and like uh, how how long we can run for and how, you know, we need sleep and we need all these things that we just, if we don't learn to think about it, we don't naturally think about it or our society doesn't naturally teach us to think about those things at this stage, you know? Totally. And like I... I say all this stuff, but like, I still, I, I say what I really want to be and want to believe, not necessarily what I am. Well, that's positive uh, manis- manifestation. <laughs> and I really believe in that, Chelsea. <laughs> Is that lame? <laughs> I guess I should believe in it too. Yeah. Look, I have like, uh, woo woo. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a very loaded term. Yeah. I will say that like, uh, like I said before, like I'm very partial to um, almost a very stoic, stoicism, stoic outlook on life. Mm. Um, and I would not say that I am woo-woo, mm. but I would say that I, in the last couple of years I've definitely gotten to a little bit of understanding of, it's from talking to a lot of people, which is like people I wouldn't, normally have the chance to talk to mm. people from d- different you know backgrounds and with different ideas is that s- a small part of what we may consider woo woo now which is like i i use the words like f- frequency mm. and energy and like or usually in a social context of how people relate to one another i i've started to kind of view those things as real scientific like psychological things that we just don't have the language the language or understanding to like perfectly describe it. Yeah. I mean, it's just philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. And so like, I, I, I really think that we don't, it's just, un, it comes down to just understanding a little bit more about us. I think everyone, if we all just understood a little bit more about ourselves, then we would be able to apply that understand the same understanding we have now, but more effectively to everything outside of ourselves as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, like, especially with musicians, like, we really, I just really feel like, as a group, it's a very like, downtrodden, um, very, like, at the mercy of things like ego and things like desire and ambition and, um, you know, all these things that, no one really talks about, and we've started talking about mental health, which is good. And but it's 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 a it's a whole it's a whole attitude, a whole outlook, a whole like value of ourselves that sometimes gets like again woo wooified. Like, well, that's not you know really yeah. talk about that stuff. And 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 like coming from LA, like nowhere has weaponized the idea <laughs> of the self <laughs> better than. Uh, Angelinos, you know, mm. and like, I've definitely had some um, 
very uh, harsh reactions to uh, to such mentalities. But I mean, yeah, I, I think it. I think it is ultimately. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't know what this. I don't, like you say stoicism, and I know that in a kind of a colloquial sense. But I haven't studied anything to do with sto- stoicism. So mm. like, if you're talking about like a philosophical um, philosophical, it's basically thing. like you can only control what's what is in your head and how you react. You can't control anything else. Right. So just worry about your reactions and what you're going to do about what you right. can control and try to learn to be at peace with what is around you. Mm. Yeah. Still care about it because if you, if you care about things, if you can control it then, or if you can have impact it in any way, then it's really important to care about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, what was I watching? I don't know. The origin of some philosopher, the origin story, but like, um, I, I, I keep coming back to like the, I, this, the idea of objectivity is, is important to me because I think it's a really hard to achieve. And I think that like, but I feel like a really benevolent idea of objectivity is to me the truest version. So like, you know how like, um, if you think about survival of the fittest or whatever, to me that isn't benevolent objectivism because it implies that if you saw another person drowning or whatever uh you would you would not go in there to save yourself or to save them because it would be putting yourself at risk but to me objective benevolence is like we i am that person and so if i don't save them then i'm not being objectively correct like because the survival of us relies on two of us not just me do you know what I mean? I do know. It's funny because I know that idea, but through the uh, things of like, um, it's very tantric. Is it? I mean, see, I see. This yeah. is the thing: is like somebody's definitely said this in a better way and talks about it. I think if that's the whole thing. Is like everyone. It's really interesting. You talk about like context of music, or mm-hmm. like maybe it was music, but it could be like a story you're telling, like your friend telling a story, and it it depends on like the context and how they say it and all these yeah. things. I think in terms of philosophy, they're all kind the good ones, the ones that stick around, are all kind of saying a lot of the same things. Yeah. And all it is is your one of them hits your personality, your context, um, what time of life you're in, where you are, and is able to convey that message to you. These are my notes in the margins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think that's a, I think that people that that that's they're, they're all it's a very unifying. I like view of them. It's yeah. just what you're, it's, that's the one that you were willing or able to listen to that gave you that information. And for other people, it's, it's Tantra saying a similar thing. Right. You know, and the bad ones hopefully die out. Some of them last way longer than they should. So I'm not saying all <laughs> spiritual, religious, philosophical, philosophical uh, uh, things are good just by existing. But I think the good ones that last long, that's, that's what they're doing. It's, it's, such an interesting idea, this whole context. Yeah. Um, space thing. Yeah. Like, we talk a lot on this podcast. I say we. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, thinking of this cushion as a sentient being. Yes. It's because the, the, in, the innards of the cushion are like crawling out of it. 
And there's like hair on it and stuff. I mean, I can't see the hair. Okay. But <laughs> I believe it. Um, but we talk a lot about the need for physical spaces mm-hmm. and how like scenes and creativity and a lot of things actually like kind of require a secure space and that space feeds into the, the products that it makes. And that's very similar to the idea of like it's the context in which you do and hear things that is almost as important as the thing that's happening. Yeah, and uh, for, for, for me in particular, my relationship with that idea is like um, you could frame the way that I work as like kind of fussy because I find it easier to, well, I, I need conditions to be a certain way in order to feel um, like – well in where the way in the way that I do things. So what's the optimum Chelsea Jade like music um creation set? Like what are those things? Uh I guess like natural light and uh um I I've had so little experience working in spaces that are actually quiet like quiet studio conditions. But I found that it is incredible. Like well, the difference is just remarkable. And like, yeah, I've been working in my apartment for the past year and like I had some noisy neighbors move in and I just, and then like the landlord replaced the lamp outside the, like in the communal hallway and it was just like buzzing. And I was just like, oh, this stuff does affect me. And I didn't, I don't know, I didn't know it until now. I don't know. It just, to me, also I have a really busy mind all the time. And so, like, I like neutral colors because it makes me feel soft. That's funny. That makes that makes a lot of your music videos and presentation make a lot of sense. Yeah. So, like, for, for that, that is actually a perfect example of, like, um, I like spaces to be recognizable as a, a place a human could be, but you don't know where it is, you know? The Waterview Tunnel. <laughs> right. Well, that's the one exception. No, no, no. But we know it. But like, we're that we're a tiny minority of like the world, like Auckland, yeah. as we know the Waterview Tunnel. To- but that tunnel looks amazing. Yeah. And it looks. It could be in. Honestly, it could be in Europe. It could be like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It hasn't got any identifying, except for the the lights. But like, the a better example would be like, the life of the party video, which is shot in an, a really big chicken shed, but like. It's just a big space that has – and it's um, – it makes itself available to new ideas while still re- retaining its own ideas. So, like, that, ch- that shed was covered in chicken shit. <laughs> and it was built for that. And, it, and that – and it works. But it also, like, there's a lot of space. Like, you can also do whatever you want in there. I like that. I feel comforted by that. I think like maybe that's also why I like Adam Curtis documentaries because like you're referencing past the stuff that's actually happened to like inform your new ideas. Reframing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Who who was the choreographer? It was me. Yeah, amazing. I had some help from Chris Parker. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But those, yeah, yeah. How how did you feel when when people started doing the dance back at you? incredulous like yeah I because I do a lot of stuff by myself like it is always a v- really acute when somebody else expresses in that way that they know that that they connect with it or whatever 
it's like, oh, like, right. You, it is for somebody to watch and enjoy. And someone is. <laughs> is that like, does that say that a lot of your art or like what you're making at the time, you're just really focused on creating the thing, the, the vision, the thing you have? You're not really thinking about uh, how people are going to take it or is that not true at all? Um, I'm not thinking about how people take it at all. But I think what, when I reacted to you saying that, I shook my head. But it was only because I don't ever have a vision in my head. I always am muddling through thoughts. That's really interesting because I did want to ask you, like we were talking, you're talking about like being, wanting to be objective. Mm -hmm. And like one of the things for me when I'm, one of the hardest things I run into when I'm trying to finish music is like the objective finishing point. Oh yeah. Like how do you, Horrific. what's, what's your uh, relationship with, with that? Because My relationship is that the part of me that's making it is one person and then the part of me that is finishing it is the person that says like, I can see that what you're doing by continuing to work on this is contributing to anxiety. Oh. And, and the only way to shun the anxiety is to put a stop to this. And then, cause then you experience, cause, cause you know, like making something is the experience is in waves. Like there is like, the kernel of the idea and you start working on it. And then once it's done, it maybe it takes another form. Like then you think, think about the music video, like maybe that's the next step. Maybe there's artwork and like all of those stages require a different set of skills and a different like, um, you, you examine the work in a different way each time. And like all of that is valuable to me. So like, in order to, to see the life cycle through, I have to like, in order to show value to the kernel of the idea, I have to uh, cycle through it all or I'll feel like a failure. <laughs> 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 Truly, that's like, I'm like, okay, well, this is how, it, if I don't do that, I just remain alone. Mm. You know, it's that, that's the way that like, um, the lonely spells are broken is like moving on to the next thing. Because otherwise I'm just, in this endless vortex of being by myself, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is just objectively true. Like, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. I don't know. Do you consider yourself a, like a multimedia artist then? Because. Yeah. When yeah. people, if people call me a musician, I, a musician, I feel like that's inaccurate because I'm not a musician. I don't know music. Like I know um, my own taste and I am um, proficient at uh, at gathering information. Mm. So, if I if something needs to be done, I can figure out how to do it. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I'm coming from a basis of a skill set. Yeah, you know, I do know. That's yeah. how I feel about it as well. It's like art school. It's just like you don't necessarily learn how to paint the human form. You you learn about how to think conceptually I've got this whole thing myself and very interesting to see what you think about this where like I have my own experience where I I feel like the, the, the can like the idea of conceptual and the idea of like art mm. and us being artists is like a, a shunned lame 
like not that it's it's not uh it's not a thing and that like i i just revert to calling myself a musician for some other reason yeah uh, like is that is, do you have you ever experienced that is that just me because i because i completely agree i think i i pref- i would think a lot of my favorite people are artists making art is is cool like putting it in yeah. different mediums like you're an artist you can put it in anything yeah um but i i don't act that way out outwards for some emotional reason well I think like that's the only reason I don't want to be called a musician is because that would be a disservice to people who are musicians who have like put in time and like really you know they're really intimate with an instrument or whatever you know like you know music yeah that's an important thing but like yeah like maybe that's why I gravitated toward like a pop kind of uh, uh, facade because it um, and if like if you really think about it or if the way I think about it is like it is just presentation of ideas nobody unfortunately has any expectations from a pop artist (laughs) (laughs) or like their expectations are not generous you know and I think that that's unfortunate because it is a heavily female medium (laughs) I mean, I think that is true. Like, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Is that how you perceive it? I think so. Yeah. And I think that like the, um, somehow there's like some kind of like a lack of, uh, or it's very easy to discount something that has a theater about it because you're being and you're being asked to look at it as if it's music, but it's like it's something else. Uh, and and I've, I've, it's actually because I feel the same way. You you've experienced New Zealand, New Zealanders and New Zealand audiences, and now you've experienced like LA and LA audiences. Mm. Is is there any difference in that? Like the acceptance of theatre and the acceptance of like being more theatrical and 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 poppy. Uh, I think that well, I think that New Zealand audience has always been really kind to me. So I'll put, I'll say that first. What I would say is that when I went to LA, um, I, I started to understand what the right questions to ask about how to make it happen. So like we were talking about this the other day in ear monitors. Yes. Like practical, so practical, practical for what I do, like on a performance level, but somehow there's this coding about it that it means that you're not proficient at music or something like that's that's the uh perception or something but like and and because of that mentality I wouldn't have considered in-ear monitors at a certain time when I was working in New Zealand you know but because it was so ubiquitous over there it was like oh yeah like nobody there's no thinking about it it's just like this is the way to get the job done do you know what I mean? I do. It's almost like New Zealanders have an expectation not only of like the what, but the how. Right. I don't even know what the expectations are. All I know is that the information wasn't there to be gathered. Right. Okay. And then when, when and it probably is different now, but I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, there are definitely, I've been going to gigs with like Lavina. Have you in Lavina? I haven't, no. M- one of my favorite like New Zealand um, young pop artists. Okay. She's incredible. And she's like kind of, my favorite amongst a, a group of young um, pop artists who are like unapologetically pop, mm. and 
they like I'm talking like Maxwell Young and Tom Verburn and and Lavina and all these people and they're all very into in ear monitors. Oh my god, I'm just registering. You're pronouncing it. I've never heard it said out loud, but I follow this person. It looks like Levine. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. She's gonna she's gonna be really um, laughing at this because like she she's been on here twice, and the first time I I introduced her, and she's like, "That's not how you say it." But I will. She will also would like me to say that she knows that that's. It's not like she's done oh. this to herself and she knows that. No, as well. I feel richer for knowing the truth. Yeah. And I feel like happy that I do know this person. I mean, I don't know her, but I follow her and I enjoy her. Yes. So Hey, shout out cool. Sophie. Shout out Lavina. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is, it is happening. I, and, but like, um, I also know that there'd be like, there are people who. And I've been a, a part of this sometimes as well, like mainly because I'm just I'm like quite a charlatan. Like, <laughs> see, like what is that? Go on. I've just been. I just <laughs> like being the opposite to right, what, right, right. what is going on, you yeah. know. And so, like, there's a there is quite a lot of I saw it termed as like optimism. Oh yeah, I mean, optimism is a thing. Yes, and but. like there's a just a uh, natural dumb inclination that I can fall in sometimes. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, like, like whatever. Yeah. But I, I, there like. There will always be musicians and artists who like have st- are stuck in that like genre mindset or the how you do it mindset. And like, I do think that's changing though with a lot of stuff that's changing with the generations. Yeah. Like that is a very welcome change, I think, because genres really dead. Like it's, it was connected to scenes mostly yeah. and scenes are dead because we're all forced onto this like internet treadmill where everything is homogenized. So it's like, doesn't really matter. That got dark quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think like, sure, if you want to have the same conversations people were having in like, I don't know, the 90s about selling out and stuff, like that's so boring. It is boring. It's, and sell out to who? Spotify's not giving us any money. Also, it's just like, why would you rather talk about how that person is monitoring on stage or do you want to talk about their <laughs> lyrics like and their songs and like yeah, what, you know, like... Who are they looking at when they're playing? Like, what? How about that? Are they looking at the audience? Are they like trying to avoid eye contact? Like, that's interesting. Why are they doing that? Like, do you really want them to keep looking at the monitor, being like, I can't hear myself? <laughs> yeah. Like, because in some cases that doesn't matter, and like that's important too. Like, you know, I'm just saying there's no wrong way, and I just think like talking about the tech is fucking boring. Like. And the tech applies to so many kinds of conversations about it, about music or art or whatever. And it's like, you just enjoy the work. I don't know. It does pull you away from the, like, the reason you got, I say you, I should say I. (laughs) When I talk about that stuff, I do like it, but I do understand that it pulls me away from the thing that got me into music in the first place, which was enjoying the music. Yeah. Like, it is fun to get into the sausage, um, like what's inside the sausage, <laughs> but it's also good to remember that the sausage just tastes nice when you eat it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, and like, I mean, yeah, I'm just repeating myself. Trying to have, like trying to maintain that almost like innocent naivety uh, enjoyment of music, and while you're making it, is this is kind of what I'm trying to get at these days totally because don't you think that like talking about that sort of thing is just um essentially like creating this competitive 
I don't know, it makes me feel small and shit. And I'm like, well, I work quite hard and like, I don't know. I think whatever. I don't know. I just r- ranking anything. Just like, let's just get it out there. Hierarchies are bullshit and this is just another form of that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm lucky that I've never been technologically or like practically minded. Like mm. I'm pragmatic, but I am not practical. Like mm. um, when Two Cartoons was going, Brad, the other guy in Two Cartoons, um, uh, I would say the main guy because he would uh, – it was all his gear. He would mm-hmm. set it up. It was like I, I couldn't change strings. When we recorded, I just like – I was like, I don't want to fucking know about any of this shit, man. I just wrote a song. Let's just – you just do the song, which has very much changed now. Mm. Um, but I've been very blessed to not ever really – Get and I've just found naturally found those kind of conversations really boring. Yeah. But where that relates to to my life is now I do quite because I talk a lot about music industry, mm. and in this podcast we talk a lot about the like hierarchy and structures and intentions of like the system and how mm. it works. I think because it's a really necessary thing that is not talked about with the between the right people with actual sincerity in Mm. public at all right um but Mm. i i do and i think that's i know that's really important but i do often think like and i think it's why i've enjoyed this conversation quite a lot is that like it it is also really boring i didn't get into music to talk about how our funding structures should work or whether like fucking labels should be doing that and that which I needs to be talked about, but I, I really just want to kind of make music and talk to musicians. Totally. And like, I, I feel the same way. And, and just, I can feel in my, like in my chest, I feel a little bit curdling when I have to talk about the industry and I'm the same. Like I'd, I'd rather just talk about ideas, but, um, and, and also the other aspect is like, if, if you're going to talk about something, like I only know about my experience really because I have not really been in the industry. I've always been a little bit outside it. And like, I can't, I can only talk about what, yeah. Like I can only talk about what, what I've experienced. So like, it's unfair of me to like take on this. I mean, actually, no, I don't believe, I don't fucking believe that for a second. I really don't. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's just not fun. <laughs> it's hard to feel like you have any right or authority to challenge something you're not actually a part of. Is that what you're trying to say? No, because like, I do have that right. I feel like I definitely have that right. I just like, it's just like, it's that thing about being alone. Is like, it just makes my head spin that just like, oh, I have to, now I have to like talk about what you guys are up to and I don't even see a shred of the positivity of what you do. You know what I mean? I do know exactly. Well, what and you I'm sure, sh- and I, there might be some, but I don't know why I have to engage with it. But it's giving me none of it, you know. Because don't you want to be successful, Chelsea? Don't of you want to? Don't you want to be part of the system, man? Oh, man, I just want to buy a house in upstate New York. That's what I want. Beautiful. Yeah, it's where Forte lives. That's where so many musicians live because you can buy a house for twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, is Christchurch our version of that? I don't know. I, I just like have written off my chances of ever owning a house in New Zealand. <laughs> oh God, can, let's not. We've, <laughs> <laughs> we've got enough uh, depressing conversations when we just stick to music industry, let alone the housing <laughs> situation in, in New Zealand. Chelsea. Well, it's connected. And can I tell you real quick why? 
I would. You don't even. It doesn't even have to be quick. Okay, I'll just. But I will make it quick because it makes me dizzy with boredom. But I have to think about buying a house in terms of a cash purchase because no bank will ever give a musician a mortgage because being a musician or whatever in the music industry or an artist in the music industry is not. It's like not unionized. Like you don't get benefit. Like there's no. Uh, there's no um, consistency or whatever. They can't. You can't show them a bunch of paychecks. <laughs> At least this is how I perceive it. In in the amounts of money I deal in, which are very small. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that um, New Zealand, well, cult society, but New Zealand society uh, even cares about musicians or art? Like is that is that a, not only just a banking thing, but like a, a societal thing in general? No, I think that New Zealand does care about art, and the way that I know that is because there is funding from a, on a governmental level for the arts. Mm. I think like if you spend any time in LA or anywhere in America, like specifically America, is uh, um, we are so fucking lucky to have those funding entities, and I, and then they're definitely imperfect, but like. Like I know artist friends who who have like they call it the um, the Home Depot artist grant, which is just that you buy stuff from Home Depot and you just return it after you've used it, even if you've painted it or whatever, because they'll take back anything. <laughs> that's the artist grant. Like that's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's I have a very complicated relationship with funding. I actually had like do you, have you met Greg Haver? Yeah, yeah. Greg Greg came on. We had a oh cool. I've got a thing on. Oh, I'd love to know what he had to say. What. Sup on the podcast because <laughs> um, I have this thing on Twitter where like I kind of just throw opinions out there and then if people react to them, I like we go from there. Mm-hmm. And I have a standing thing where it's like if a music industry person has like a thinks I've got something wrong, they 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 are welcome to come on the podcast and talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know Greg, and I was actually just I was essentially kind of someone had asked my opinion on the producers grant that they just announced. Okay, I haven't read about it. Uh, it's kind of like um. They fund a producer applies for the funding for a project, and the money's given to them, and it pays them to produce work with an artist they choose. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's in its second or third round now. Um, and some really great people have got it. Like, yeah, in- including uh, Lavina's got it, and um, a round just came out. Someone just asked my opinion, and I kind of just said, like, I think that um, it's really cool. I think producers need to be thought of as more important in the musical system than they are. And that's kind of why I think hip hop does so well. Hilarious opinion, by the way. Yeah. Because in my opinion, they are just in my experience. Yeah. It's funny because you come, you you do a lot of sessions and stuff, eh? Yeah, I used to, yeah. But like songwriters. Whereas I've never done that. So (laughs) so like when I think of a producer, I think of like essentially just the, the, the musician in the room who knows how to work the door. Right. Right. That's how that's how I think of producers. I think of them as the person like obviously this and like you probably think this too but like they're the person that's invested as, in a skill set and a and a an array of very expensive equipment that they know how to use. Right. And yeah. so they like are half the intelligence and in the well more than half, I don't know. I don't know. I've highly prioritized produ- producers but I also think they um get paid before the Songwriter, for oh, well, sure. everyone gets paid before the musician. <laughs> but the songwriter in particular, songwriter. like that to me is a 
massive conversation that should be happening that yeah. maybe is, but I'm not hearing about it. And it's yeah. just like songwriters don't get paid. They, especially in an LA context, like you're going to sessions every day and you just, uh, it's like invest investing. Like you just like put your finger in a lot of different pots and like hope like hell that something goes in a year. Like you're not getting paid for your time. You know, like, I don't know how, have to live off this publishing advance that sounds horrifying yeah it's real it's it, it is <laughs> it's real real shit yeah wow like i didn't actually know i just i think i kind of assumed that um uh it wasn't like that but i don't know what i assumed it was like because mm, mm, mm. it seems presented as a very um stable <laughs> uh very like kind of almost like um thought of really highly way to operate as a musician. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think... But I, I, that was based on nothing. Like. Yeah, yeah. I think that if you get in the right rooms, it can be lucrative or whatever, but, like, most of the rooms aren't those rooms. They're, like, you could do two sessions a day every day for a week or weeks on end, and, like, you could be put with the same people who have, like, had one successful EDM song on Spotify and publishing companies flowing them out and they're just taking sessions and sessions and sessions there's like a group of producers living in a house together and like they all have their little rooms and like you it's kind of like factory it's a it's it's a factory it absolutely it absolutely is a factory and like there can be a nice way to do it and there's there can be just that way which is like you don't connect with anything or anyone and it's just like yeah i mean you're a module it's it's like anything, it can be done well, but it mostly isn't. Wow. And to the detriment of the people putting in the work. <laughs> Crazy. And is this like, so you don't do, is that, is that why you don't do sessions anymore? Or like um, not, not as many anyway? No, we're not, well, kind of like when I moved to LA, I wasn't planning on being an artist at all. I was just going to be a songwriter. Oh. Uh, and... Um, so I did those, I, I was doing sessions, but it was just like all hustling it myself. Like I didn't have, I would just meet with different publishing companies and try and like, and be like, you don't have to offer me a deal or anything. I just like put me in the rooms with your people or whatever. And so I did, I did that so much of that. And like, and then like I started having like situations where I felt just drained as all hell at the end. And I was like, why am I feeling this way? And it's because like, I never got to think beyond the first idea because you're churning it out. Yeah. That's always really weirded me out is like. Some people are really good at it, but those people are people that are extroverts and thrive off people, of, of other people, you know? Yeah, but more more in a sense of like, how does how how can how can a system where you're like our aim is to make something in like four hours actually produce something inspired? I would say like at the best in the best version of that scenario, you have people who have worked that muscle to perfection and um, keep a, a rolling like. Uh, Rolodex of ideas like constantly in their head and, they, and write stuff down all the time and like super professional and they treat their creativity with a, with a high amount of professionalism 
and then they like know then they then then they as people they know how to read a room to get the best out of everyone and i think that is so amazing how how common are those kinds of people um i don't know yeah like I you don't didn't, know. yeah cuz the the tier that i was in was like very middle or like low middle but like there are people that i know who i have a high amount of respect for because i think that they constantly produce interesting work and and i marvel at the fact that they have the capacity to be around so many different people all the time but i'm sure they struggle with it i don't know i just don't know and like it's such a just dumb topic to bring up because it's just so I haven't thought about it in so long. But it's, uh, I, yeah, I, and it's tough because it's, it's dumb for you, but it also know that this is probably like one of the most interesting things that some people who listen to this have actually heard because mm. like a lot of people who listen to this are younger as well mm. and are kind of, they, they haven't tried a lot of the different avenues of what you can be to be a musician. So they, but they yeah. know about them. So they, but they, like, you have no idea, like, what is what what sessions are actually like, or what someone's experience of it is. But yeah. like the the emotionally draining part sounds like really hard and horrible. It's like an environment thing. Well, like, yeah, and I, I had to be told by someone that if you're not, if it doesn't feel good, or like if it doesn't feel productive in the in the creative sense, like. You can actually just leave the room. It doesn't, you're not, you don't have to stay, you know? And then when I learned that, I was like, oh, like, stop taking this whole thing personally. Like, if if it really isn't, uh, there's got to be a better word than vibe, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then you can, uh, you're well within your rights to just say, well, I think you've, you've got it from here. Like, I think I'm going to go. But it can be so fun. And it's kind of like the first day of school. Like you, haven't done, you don't have to do any homework in a way, you know. So it can be nice. Yeah. And so like do you. You're like, what can I do today? Yeah. And I mean like if you had the right people around you and the right space, there's, it's, it's not necessarily a um, uh, like it's not the process itself. Uh, that's inherently problematic. It's 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 often just the like the, 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 the seating and the and and all that stuff. Eh? Yeah, just like saying, yeah. I guess I'm saying that like for me personally, I don't have the energy to meet that many people a week. I just don't, and also give and also like it's not the prime condition for me to be creating well. Yeah. You know, I know. And uh, but I think that like if I if I had the optimal way available to me, I would have a producing partner, and that's how I'd do it. Is like there there could be one consistency in the room, and then and I also really like working with artists in the room. Like there's two there's like two ways of doing it. You write for pitch, mm. which is just like you just write a random song, as if you're gonna pitch it to Selena Gomez or whatever. Or you have the artist in the room and you actually like talk to them and like then you can like facilitate like their taste or something and their ideas and stuff. And you're just like helping them cross the street. You know what I mean? 
I don't know. That's my favorite way of doing it. And, and, and also it chips away at your competitive ego side because you're like, okay, well, no idea is precious. You just need to generate ideas. And the more that you give them out, the more you have, you know? And I think that's positive. And then you also, if, it, if you do get along really well with an artist that you're doing that with, you feel like a real sense of investment and pride seeing them succeed. And that's a really nice feeling. And it's, yeah, it's just like anything that eliminates the competition or the feeling of finiteness of your own creative energy is nice. Yeah, and then you put it on Spotify and they show publicly the <laughs> amount of plays it's had. Um, I mean I feel like we could talk for ages I know and I feel like I just like derailed it into this topic that I'm not really that confident talking about welcome to my world yeah Um, the the last thing the one thing I did want to talk about there's something other I want to talk about before we wrap up Um, and it's it's like you've got gigs coming up Mm. you've got the tour I've, how does that fit into so like you've you've come back to New Zealand and like you said um, you're kind of in like s- like stasis mode in a sense of the brain yeah yeah like you which is like I think a very again like Brittany like a very reasonable <laughs> normal reaction <laughs> yeah. to like what the last year's been for anyone and like especially yourself back here is do you do you it, touring and performing for you is that going to be a like a grounding stabilizing thing for you or is it is it Mm. is it like what's your experience of of that kind of side of it um I think that like the aspect of camaraderie is going to be really good for me um which is because it, it is one of the only parts of the process for me that involves other people in a way in a in a in a way that is to me equally seen which is to say, like, I have a lot of help from friends and stuff who, like, put a lot of their skill set into helping me. But um, in, in, this, in this instance, it's just, like, in real time. And so um, it, it's just nice to have, like, a genuinely shared <laughs> experience. Like, I would say, like, uh, I think of – this is so lame. But everyone in the room is, like – uh, contributing to my experience in a community way, mm. you know? So, like, the people on stage, Surin Anka, who's doing the lights and the sound. Oh, like, shout out Surin. Yeah, I feel like it's nice to feel this laser beam of connection to, like, everyone in some way, like the audience, whatever. Uh, so I think that'll be good for me because in a way, <laughs> in a way, like, it tests my... Um, it tests my ability to, uh, like, um, what's the word? When you don't have, I- when nothing's been happening, you no longer are aware of how you would deal with something, deal with regular situations. So, like, for example, if you're always working alone if you're in a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> and you just left your own devices all the time. It can be um, jarring to then uh, be confronted with situations and then you're like uh, discombobulated. But in in this scenario, like things go wrong all the time and you rise to the occasion in a way. Mm. 
I think it's good to like know, examine like where what causes um, the f- what what causes the fight or flight mode and like what is my reaction to something and how can it what's the best reaction and can I do that? For example, like I played Big Gay out and like uh, my monitors were just out of sorts, just bad, bad, bad. But I didn't feel bothered at all. I I felt like concerned that the problem couldn't be fixed, but like I wasn't defeated or anything. I felt like this is manageable in some kind of way. And like uh, I can feel a sense of pride knowing that it didn't sink me. Resilience. Yeah, it's like a little bit of resilience and a little bit of like, you can make a bad thing fun, it's fine. Because it's not really that bad, like no one's hurt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's perspective giving, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, it's perspective giving. That's what I was trying to say, yeah. Well, that sounds quite positive. Yeah, I guess it is. Nice. It's hard. <laughs> 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 I agree with nice. I feel like I waffle on a lot. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> it's so it's funny. There are like, I mean, you're 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 such an excellent guest um, that I would probably say that, and I do say this occasionally, and it is a little bit selfish because um, I would very much like to be the guest on someone else's podcast for once. <laughs> but I think it, I would really, I think you have a lot of interesting things to say. Thanks. It's all right. Thanks for, um, for making the, it so that there are interesting things to talk about. A lot of the time, this is not the environment. So is Jade your last real name? <laughs> and, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, I think we, Benji, who is like, He's the other half of like everything I do except mm. the music. And we spend a lot of time talking about dumb stuff like this. Um, and one of our, it, this it has, shout out to everyone who listens to this because it is like growing very quickly. And um, there's mm. a lot of people having re- really interesting conversations off the back of a lot of the conversations here. But the, the, the thing that me and Benji kind of say is that like it's crazy that there is such, that the media is so, um, uncreative or bad or just the system has kind of fallen into disrepair. That I think it's just harried. That there's such a massive hole of nothing mm. that me and Benji just doing this in point and studios talking to just like interesting people we like about kind of nothing and everything at the same time um, is there's such a need for it that uh, people have picked up on it. That's cool. So I'd like more people because I think, you know, we. my whole philosophy is that like all the institutions – that this better not be opening a can of worms when we're trying to finish. But the whole, all, all, my big idea is that all the institutions we've traditionally had um, are kind of w- w- individuals or small collectors are now able to reproduce the same power mm. um, with, f- with, like, uh, with the internet. Um, and you can be your own media organization, you can be your mm. own and have exactly the same clout. The only thing that you. <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny word, class. Sorry. Uh, the, 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 and the only thing that stops everyone doing that is like the idea or the illusion that these things still, these institutions are still in charge. Totally. But I don't think it's true. And I think people are starting to wake up to it. And, mm. and so I, I very highly recommend if there's anything that you really like, like a production company or a radio station or anything, you can totally just fucking do that. Just have the perspective of it, you know? 
Yeah, you can. I man, yeah. I won't continue yeah. on that can. Should of we worms. save that? We'll save that yeah. for round two. Um, <laughs> Expansion you, pack on the perfunctory. Let's, yes, <laughs> let's say that. Um, it's it's plugs time, and to put you on the spot, do you actually do you know the dates of when you're because this comes out on um, this Sunday? This Sunday, um, I'm playing Hamilton Garden Arts Fest on Wednesday. This. Well, it's, hang on, it's Thursday now, so next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, you yeah. You can use your phone, yeah. I'm it's, trying to, I was trying to do it without being... No, no <laughs> one can see anyway. I mean, I've kind of let people know now, but... Um. Okay, I have to consult my poster. Um, <laughs> and then we've got, we've got a little breather until the 3rd, uh, I mean the 17th of March. Okay. Um, where I play Auckland Arts Fest. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and then I play Wellington at Meow on the 19th of mm. March. Then Napier on the 20th and then Christchurch on the 26th and then the 27th Dunedin and then Wellington, Peachy Keen to close it out. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. And I would highly recommend going along to see you play. Yeah, thanks. Please. Pretty please. Pretty please. Uh, yeah. Let's make it a level negative five. <laughs> Get everyone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I think yeah, it's going to be completely fine. Cool. Not only that, it's going to be really fun. I think. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. have some fun with it, eh? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just you know, do you remember fun? Um, Chelsea, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I never know how to end these things. Well, you just fucked it up. <laughs>